Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to Daily Vikings Entertainment. And this time of year, pretty much Daily Vikings speculation as well. Because, gentlemen, it is NFL Combine Week, where all of the luminaries inside NFL front offices... NFL agencies all get together over bourbons in Indianapolis, Indiana. Judd, you've been you've covered the combine a number of times, right? Yeah, I covered about uh, four or five times. There's it a nice little a steakhouse down the street, St. Elmo's, which oh. is so popular and so successful that they actually have like a poor man's version right next door. That if you can't get like like if you're not. Is it Gary like just Jones. like an outback, or and like what? you can't get in? No, it's, it's like Applebee's. run by the same people. It's just cheaper. It's it's brilliant. They have. I'm not joking. They have one of the most famous shrimp cocktails in America. Really at the at the I high mean, level one or the budget at the one? high level one. The hmm. low budget one has a, has again. I think a knockoff, but it's like just the like real two one shrimp dangling yeah, over a just, pint glass. I'm t- the big one. I'm talking about. This is all in shrimp. Cocktail. I love shrimps. I'm not a big cocktail sauce though. I don't love. I don't love the sauce for tri- for shrimp cocktails. What? No, I I, I'll eat that sauce. thing raw. You just eat the shrimp without You're like the a psychopath. Sauce. But yes, that's that's what I will do. I don't like. The- I like raw shrimp. I'm not against you on that, but. I'm not sure about Phil. I love the cocktail sauce. The cocktail sauce with a little bit of horseradish zing in it is the way to go. See, see like, I, and I don't even like like tartar sauce. Like, mm-hmm. I'm out on tartar sauce. I love fish, but like sauce of fish sauce. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Fish sauce. I'm not in on that. Not in on dipping condiments in, in with my fish. Out on that. I feel like tar- I feel like tartar sauce is more hated by people than cocktail sauce. That's probably right. Tartar sauce is also just sort of unnecessary a lot of times. Yes. Like you already. Eat- you only use it with fried fish. You already have like fried fish and you're dipping it in Good point. this sort of mayo-based thing. Anyways, welcome to Purple Daily here. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. The show is presented in part by our friends at TCL, now an official partner of the National Football League and one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So... All right, uh, admission here from us. The Vikings uh, general manager, Kwesi Adolfa Mensa, spoke to media today. This is in Indianapolis, right? He spoke to yep. Yep. anyone and everyone that wanted to gather around him. And he's only done like two or three of these media scrums since that uh, USA Today article came out where he, he said you never want to go full Rams. And he got real 
real chummy <laughs> with uh, the USA Today reporter, and it kind of scared him from doing media. So this is a rare Quasi appearance, and uh, Judd and I both missed it. Judd was on the Tom Bernard show. You might have caught some of it. Uh, I caught the first part of it. I was in uh, a Score North sales meeting, and so I have not heard any of these clips. So we're going to basically ingest. Declan has cut up six relevant clips from Quasi covering different topics. And we're just going to play them on the show here and react to them. Also, later in the show, Godfather Mock has spoken for the second time in 2023. A Mel Kuyper Mock is on the horizon later in the show. And he's coming with trades. He has trades for the first time. Mel. So, Dex, you take this. We have six clips. You start wherever you want to here, and we will just uh, react to each one of these. Okay, let's start here. Let's start with uh, Kwesi's thoughts on the Brian Flores hire how passionate he is. He is. He just an energetic, great. He fits so well in our culture where our culture is positivity. It's passionate and he fits really well into that. Uh, we need the leader. We need the football mind. We need the developer. We also need the, the personnel guy. He, you know, he's, he has a personnel, a really extensive personnel background. So it's not just about the players we draft this year or in free agency. It's about reshaping our vision for the roster going forward, not just to compete in today's NFL, but where it could go. He's the type of thinker that I need combined with Kevin that'll help us do that. Before we uh, dissect those comments, Joe, what did you think uh, of Quasi's outfit there? What? Uh, yep. That's fine. That innovative coat without the sleeves, right? Yeah, it's that coat without no, the sleeves. Oh, oh, I thought no, I thought I thought this was fine. It, it's fine. I I like the look. I like the like you get the shirt on and then you get the coat without the sleeves on. The vest, yeah, <laughs> the that vest. Vikings. Vest. I like the look. I like the look. I think he looks good. The Vikings vest over the uh, the light blue dress shirt there, or the coat without the sleeves. I, I think it's a quarter zip. I think it's actually like a quarter zip that's underneath you know what? the vest because it's like an athletic material. You know what, when, Dex? When you exchange your vows with your oh. l- lovely gal, I've, I'm going to show up in a nice shirt <laughs> with a Vikings quarter zip. <laughs> It is a you know, it is a black tie apparel. I, I just I'm, I just want to let you know it is a formal, very formal wedding. Well, yeah, you'll think so, I'm going to show up in a black tie. A, a vest for Judd could actually be considered formal. I think. Formal. Thank you, yeah. Phil. Phil knows me very not well. His, he not knows. his Flyers Eastern Conference hockey jersey that that he likes to wear. Basically, Judd wore ketchup stained sweatpants to our uh, our golf show Purple yeah. Daily Town was, Hall on Saturday. And I was accosted before I left home. Are you really going to go like that? She said. I said absolutely. Absolutely. And then I said, bye, see ya. So, uh, all right, so Quasi, very high on Brian Flores. Um, mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to know more about that whole process, right? Was, was he number one on their list? But what, what did you make of just his, he's still in the honeymoon period here, thinking about what I think is an excellent hire at defensive coordinator. First off, I, I would like to apologize. The train is going by, and so you are going to get the full train experience. But I'm going to talk over it, so I, I obviously am not going to mute myself. Here's what I took away it's from Brian, that comment. It's Brian Osamoa coming yeah, across so. the middle. That's yeah, that's is. exactly right. That, that's that's a train. Bye, Eric Hendricks. Bye, Dalvin. Oh, wow. Bye, it's Adam. Like They're now. taking the train out of Egan. Um, what I made of that comment specifically is this. Quasi is, and I'm not saying he's trying to dump on Donatel, but it's very clear when he's t- talking about basically he can help me with personnel decisions. Uh, I think what Quasi is saying is we're going to have a better defensive draft this year because I think I'm going to have a guy in my room that knows more about defense. Yeah. So I actually take that as him, if not deflecting, saying there's going to be a better plan defensively to draft guys and that there's going to be a plan now in place where we're going to be more on the same page to build a defense 
just from the from the draft that's going to be more along the lines of what we want. That's I, my takeaway. I believe the word he used was thinker, right? At the end of that quote, he called it, it'll be nice to have a thinker. Mm-hmm. I think he said thinker, like Brian Flores. And sometimes you can interpret that like you just said. So was Ed Donatel not a thinker? Or, I mean, obviously he wasn't much of a thinker. Or he would put the same thought into the scheme every single week. But it does kind of feel like now that we've experienced a full year of Donatel and Judd, you covered him 20 years ago for the Star Tribune when he was a Packers defensive coordinator. So you have some experience. He can fit in the bin of really nice guy. Alex Boone told stories about because Donatel was on one of the coaching staffs that that, you know, Boone was on the offensive side of the ball. But a guy that invite you over to the backyard grill and uh, you know hand you a cold beverage and hey how's the family right like that's that's easy ed right sounds like a super nice guy yep. but um this is about winning football games and terrorizing opposing offenses and being clever and creative and disguised and the vikings defense was none of those things so upgrade and there's no question the vikings did not get what they expected like, there is no question in my mind. The the Vikings, I think that at the end of the day, Kevin O'Connell was as surprised by the lack of creativity. The fact that O'Connell, in the last quarter of the season, had to call Ed in and say, you're really way too predictable. That was never the intention. Um, so I think that the feeling now is that the Vikings are getting what, they're going to get a guy that they expect, as, as opposed to a guy that sells a vision that clearly didn't turn out to be true. And I, you know, Quasi, I'm, Quasi is his background does not scream identifying players through scouting. So, you know, if Brian Flores can come in and say, this guy, this guy, and this guy fit what we need to do, what I'm going to do, Quasi's not going to say, hey, dude, I got ideas too. He's going to say, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's next on the, the Quasi docket here, Dex? All right. Let's just stick on the defensive side. This is what Quasi said when asked about the status of Dalvin Tomlinson, whose void year I believe was pushed out. Month, so they still have another basically month to work out a new contract. So this is the new, uh, this is his update on Dalvin Thompson. Yeah, uh, look, we love Dalvin. Same thing. Whenever you have good players in your building, good people, uh, you, you want to do everything you, your best to keep them. Obviously, we have a lot of decisions to make, so we're trying to buy ourselves a little bit more time. Uh, but if he's listening, if he comes back, I'll make sure I get him my shoe plug. Lady always asked me for. Uh, he's a great guy, great player, and we love him. Do you think that the Vikings? want Dalvin Tomlinson back on a on a fairly it, 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 w- it won't be like a a bank breaking Aaron Donald contract or anything but you know it'll be my guess is 10 million dollars a year on a on a multi-year deal for a 29 year old he's a he's a good solid defensive tackle so his uh j- just to uh clear the void your conversation up it was moved to March 15th it was supposed to be I think at the end of February and it's been moved to March 15th um I don't know on this one there Number one, this team needs to get far more of a push from the interior defensive line. The other thing is what I think we don't don't know, and that response from Quazy was very, you know, sort of just milk toast. Uh, the other thing we don't know, to go back to the first clip that we played, is how Brian Flores feels about Tomlinson. Because I think Dalvin Tomlinson, I, I don't want to say he's going to be super expensive, but I don't think he's going to be cheap. And so that's going to be a very important decision. I think he's done a nice job. Um, I certainly wouldn't object or criticize them for bringing him back, but I could see Brian Flores saying we either need to allocate some of the money that Dalvin Tomlinson wants elsewhere or say, I've got a better idea about a player there. Mm-hmm. 
So I do think that that ant that response to me was basically uh we love him as a person, which is code for yeah we really haven't uh, decided yet if he's coming back as a player. I feel like if the fact they pushed out the void year that they're open to bringing him back because if that if they, if they didn't want to bring him back if they definitely were completely out they would have just right they would have said goodbye. I think it was last week when that when that first void was supposed to kick in. So I don't know if that. To Judd's point, is that Flores also still evaluating a bit? Is that Flores pushing, saying, no, I want this guy, so let's continue to have some conversations and work out a new deal? I personally think he's going to be back. That's where I lean on it. I, I think just from the framework of what they're doing here and kind of a little bit of what they're saying about him, I'm going to guess that he is indeed back and they're trying to work out a better deal. Yeah, I think I, the problem if you don't, I think he's back too. The problem if you don't bring him back is look at all the holes you already have without counting the cuts. There's going to be... You're probably going to have two lines. Right now, you could say that Kendricks and Hicks are under contracts. Let's, you have three cornerbacks coming off your books right now you have to account for. You have a center coming off your books you have to account for. And then you likely have two linebackers, maybe a wide receiver. These are all starting positions that you have to figure out. So right. we haven't talked about the edge rushers, which we did in our, you know, last week we, we remade the roster. But Zadarius Smith or Daniel Hunter might be gone. So if, if you're going to add Dalvin Tomlinson to the bin of, okay, well, he's gone. Now we have to figure out defensive tackle. And, yeah, you might have a couple bucks coming your way. But if you if you say goodbye, he's still on the hook. for It makes sense for the Vikings. Why would you say goodbye and still pay $7.5 million to the cap when you can just figure out a new contract for, like, two years of guaranteed money? So unless unless Dalvin Tomlinson doesn't want to play in Minnesota anymore or wants to play ridiculous hardball, um, I do think a deal gets done. By the way, according to Pro Football Focus, mm-hmm. he did have the best pressure rate of his entire career in that system. So he had uh, he did have 30 total pressures. He wasn't on the level of like, you know, some of the top edge rushers that get 100 pressures or 80 or 90, but he did have 30 total pressures in about 300 pass rush snaps, which is pretty darn good for a non-Aaron Donald interior defensive lineman. So if they do stick with a 3-4, which they are with Brian Flores, um, I think Dalvin continues to to thrive and get some pressure. But you're right. Like, outside of Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter, whether it's interior or edge, they don't have a lot of other guys that can just get after the quarterback and, and make them uncomfortable. Yeah, and he also – so I, I think the one thing that could um, uh, throw a fly in the ointment of his return as well is this. If his agent is approached, oh my goodness, he shouldn't be. But if he's approached by teams who are like, we really like this guy, and and we think that he'd be a better fit in our defense, and by the way, we'll pony up. Because the thing is, the Vikings have a very difficult decision here with any money that they give out. Because, again, if they have their sights set on upgrading, which they have to, if you give Dalvin Tomlinson a contract that, that you know, matches, I don't know, just take your pick, what the Houston Texans are going to give him, that's going to take away from elsewhere too. So, like, that's where this whole math game and chess game of trying to put especially the defense together gets to be very intriguing. Because, like, if you want to pursue a cornerback in free agency, that's not going to be cheap. So you're definitely going to have to free up cash there. And the exercise that we went through, Phil, we definitely did that. But they might say... Dalvin Tomlinson is worth this amount. And if Dalvin Tomlinson comes in and says, oh, my God, look at this offer I got from the Falcons, yeah. that might that could change their philosophy 
because I don't know that they're going to pay him what another team possibly yeah. might. And it is, you know, with, with Harrison Phillips and with Dallin Tomlinson, you know, even with Tomlinson having a career season, you know, in terms of pressures from the interior, you know, what's the average on that? He was getting like two pressures a game from the interior. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the best in the NFL from the interior are getting four, five pressures. I mean, hell, Chris Jones in Kansas City had 97 pressures, I believe, largely from the interior. So, you know, that's kind of the bar. He's good. Harrison, Harrison Phillips is also good, but they're more just sort of space-eating, uh, run-stuffing guys that can get some pressure. So who who's actually, who's actually, you know, pushing that pocket toward a quarterback is the biggest question. Tomlinson's PFF grade against the run was not great. Is that correct? So he uh, his tackling grade is is sometimes not great, okay. Uh, but overall, he's I mean he's a well above average graded player across the board, except his tackling grade can be low sometimes. So okay, all right, let's hear from Quasi again here, Dex. All right, we'll go to the offensive side of the ball, and this is his uh, answer when asked about the status of Justin Jefferson. Not in this clip, he does mention earlier before it that it is a high priority, but this is the status of Justin Jefferson's next contract. It's the win. You know, when I when I met him, the first time I met him, actually, uh, we walk in the building and I, and I made a joke about something else that was happening with the wide receiver at the time about their contract. And I was like, I just laugh. I say, we won't have any issues. And he says, I just want to put wins on the board. Didn't smile. It wasn't really like this, like, ha-ha thing. It was the way he said it. That's the guy you see on Sunday who won't turn down double teams, whole defense designed to stop him. He's trying to put the Minnesota Vikings on his back. And he wants to win a championship. When you have people like that in your building, try everything you can to not let him out. He wants to win games, but for, like, $35 million a year, I would guess, right? This is much like Kirk five years ago. This is his first chance to go get paid at a top level and set a bar. So uh, nice that they had that little run in. I'm sure those guys have a good relationship, but uh, at the end of the day, the market will speak when it comes to what Justin Jefferson's going to make. Yeah. And I wouldn't use the word try. I would use the word. It's just going to, to get done. It's going to hurt financially, but like, I mean, I, I do not crazy at his end of the season press conference called this a champagne problem <laughs> to, I believe borrow from the catalog at T Swift. And the champagne problem is true if you're Justin Jefferson. Uh, For the Vikings, it's a real problem because you're going to have to take an enormous receiver contract and fit that in. That being said, and and I do think that there will probably be some bumps here. I don't know if they'll be reported or not, but um, I don't see any way that this doesn't get done. Do you? Like, I just don't see any way. Like, we could talk about should they trade him, blah, 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 which is fun to talk about, but... I just think it gets done. Do you think it gets, does it, I have a dumb question for you. Does it have to get, what if it doesn't get done this off season? It could still get done next off season, right? But then you would just be a year closer to, but then they'd yeah, franchise and, tag him in two years. Like they don't want to yeah, go through that whole dance. Exactly. And the issue is, is um, my understanding of the, how the contract works is if it gets done now, you, you can now take a bit of, of like the salary cap hits mm-hmm. and things starting now and spread them out. If you wait, it obviously all goes on that contract, that next contract. So I think it behooves everyone to get this done. And I don't know that there's any real point in not getting it done. Like he's a star player. It's yeah. like Kaprizov. Like you're you're not going to be like, Kirill, we're going to play hardball with you. <laughs> you're going to say, Kirill, thank you very much. Please sign on the line. He, he'll say, no, I want more. You'll say, okay, Kirill. If the Vikings, yeah. if, if the Vikings as a franchise were like, let's say they were where the Texans are right now or 
or you know pick pick some dumpster fire team at this point, Falcons or whatever, and you didn't see a nucleus forming for the next three to five years. I think other franchises, I would advocate you should probably go get a haul of draft picks for Justin Jefferson because you know he's just going to sit there on a bad team and maybe even add a win or two to a team that should be actively trying to be the number one pick. The Vikings are not in that spot. The Vikings, look at the nucleus. We've talked about this, but when you have Jefferson, Hawkinson, Derisaw, Brian O'Neill, half the offense is mid to early 20s, ready to grow together, going to become more expensive in a couple years. Um, But I I am interested in that nucleus, 2023, 24, 25, 26. And so uh, there's there's really, I know we've kind of flirted with some people have asked about, should they consider trading him for a hall of picks? Like what they could get for him. But, But then what are we doing here? Right. Then what? What do you? If okay, right. then where do you draw that line? Okay, you're going to trade Jefferson for a Hall of Picks. Well, then what's the point of extending T.J. Hawkinson? Yeah. What's the point? You know, what's the point of having Christian a, a franchise left tackle on a rookie scale contract? So I agree. And are you really you pay him? They'll pay him. And are you really going to like if if you took him to market and chopped him? Are you really going to get what you think is a completely fair return for a receiver? My guess is probably no. Because like I'm thinking multiple first round picks. I'm thinking I'm thinking a trade that would you know because I mean those are the type of trades that you can lose because mm-hmm. it's a star player and I just don't think that there's enough that you're going to get back where anyone, including the Vikings, are going to be like you know what that's a really good deal. I, I will say this: if I'm him, I definitely want to know who's throwing me the football, right? And I'm going to want to know. So right, I'm what is he 25 or whatever right now? 24. He's yeah, or twenty three, twenty. He's like I think he might, I think he might be twenty three. So he's uh he's gonna want to know who's throwing me the football throughout the duration of this contract. It's gonna be Kirk almost for sure in two thousand twenty three, and you know he knows he can put up crazy productivity with Kirk. I don't think you'd want to create a bunch of uncertainty. I don't think you'd want to create a huge gap between. Okay, we're gonna we plan to say goodbye to Kirk, and now we kind of shrug. We don't really know what's gonna happen. That's why in a perfect world you would have Kirk's successor on the team for a year, like Mahomes behind Alex Smith. There's other examples. So that Jefferson can get to know that guy in practice off the field and get comfortable with him for the transition. Right. I don't think I would craft my entire offseason and draft strategy around making Jefferson happy because that's how you fall into a, a bin of mistakes. But I think you should be mindful that yeah, you don't want to run into a Stefan Diggs situation. And, that, and he was more upset about the offensive scheme, I think. I don't think he was pissed about Cousins as much. But you just want to be mindful that you got this Cadillac here, you got this Ferrari or whatever, you know, Lamborghini. You, you, know, you don't want to leave it out in the, uh, in the snow in the winter without uh, a covering. 23, by the way, which is unbelievable. 23. So he'll be 25 years old, basically, when that contract hits. And it'll probably be a, probably four or five years of guarantees. So he'll just be turning 30. Amazing. Tyree Kill's contract started at age 29 and I think carries through like age 33 or something. Mm. All right, let's hear from Kwesi again here. All right, so this is a longer clip. He was asked about evaluating quarterback play and he gets very, very nerdy here, just FYI. Uh, But this is how he evaluates quarterback play. Let's go. Let's go all the way numbers. Let's go full numbers. So we talk about necessary and sufficient conditions, right, in math. And so a necessary condition is having a starter level quarterback, a quarterback of above certain threshold. Now, that doesn't mean for sure you're going to win. That's not the only thing you need, but that is one of the things you need. Right. So having a good 
level quarterback is a necessary condition. Kirk quarterback meets that threshold. So we know that. Okay, well now, how do you build the rest of the team around him to make sure that you can win in that way? Different quarterbacks require different things around him, but we know that for sure he meets that threshold. How long does he meet that threshold? Those are things we got to answer. Is there a chance to add somebody maybe with different skill sets? Those are all questions we got to answer, so there's not one right way, but I do know one thing. I know he is good enough. He meets that first threshold, and that's that's a, that's a question that a lot of people can't answer with a yes, so we got to make sure that we treat that in the, in the proper importance that it is. Mm. What are your thoughts? Oh, I, I love, love this thinks, answer. Man. Okay, let's let's parse apart what a man who knows how to use his words says because I love this. First of all, did, now am I correct here or am I just misinterpreting this? Did he call him Kirk quarterback? Yeah, he. I think he got a little ahead of himself while, while he was speaking. Okay, and he yes. met Kirk Cousins. Met but I just Kirk. love that. Okay, Kirk yes. quarterback. Like, that's a great way to describe the, these guys who are commodities, right? Like, he is Kirk quarterback. Har- Kirk Cousins. Harrison safety. Yeah, Harrison safety. I mean, Duke cornerback. Yes, I love that. Candon Delvin slot. running back. Delvin <laughs> defensive tackle. Eric linebacker. Not going not gonna to work here much longer. By the way, the Vikings, as you said that, Literally, as you said that, just wished Eric Kendricks a happy birthday on uh, social media. So, happy birthday, Eric. All right, uh, let's talk about that contract now, guy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the first thing that I heard there, and I, I'd be curious to get your takes on this too, but just to start the conversation, the first thing that I heard is meets that threshold. Now, Quasi is a guy who has, like, tiered off expectations, right? Because he's a very clear thinker. So there's like, okay, failure to meet threshold. In the middle, there is meets threshold. Then there is the group that exceeds threshold. And then there's the other variables of how long will they be at each threshold? Yes. How how much do you need to build around that player to Mm -hmm. win the games that you're looking to win? It's a matrix. Patrick Mahomes is at the top threshold. You still need things around him to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, you need Travis Kelsey. You need an offensive line. But you need less around Mahomes on offense to score 30 points a game than you do around a Kirk Cousins, for instance. Correct. That's kind of what, that's how I view his little, his little matrix speech. I view it as this. He is saying that we have a sufficient quarterback who meets our threshold, but he is leaving the door open, and he should be, for he and, and Kevin O'Connell to find a quarterback that can exceed it. Yeah, he said, is, there, is there room to add someone with a different skill set, I believe? Exactly. Is yeah. Like that in no way, just, just to be clear, and, and I think we all agree on this, unless something really surprising happens, Kirk Cousins is going to be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings in 2023. Mm-hmm. So nobody's debating that. Like it's fun to talk about trades and stuff, but that's that's the reality in which we sit here today as the combine begins. But in no way was that a complete endorsement. That was a that was a really interesting, good response to what are you looking for at the position, which is why I love the term Kirk quarterback, because Kirk quarterback meets the threshold. But he doesn't necessarily like Kirko Chains. Kirko Chains exceeds the threshold. Exceeds the threshold. But what percentage of the time are you going to get Kirko Chains versus Kirk quarterback? Correct. So I don't hear that as a. I don't hear that as any type of criticism. But I also don't listen to that and hear a ringing endorsement of this is our guy, which I find to be very intriguing. And so 
I think that was about as honest, like if you read between the lines a little bit, I think that was about as honest assessment of the position as you can possibly give. If Patrick Mahomes were the Vikings quarterback, I guarantee you, his response would have been much more personalized and different. And well, it should have been. Yeah. I think he would have called him uh, Patrick quarterback. I think he. I think he. I think I that's probably what his, that. his his org chart looks like. I'm not even criticizing him. I love Rob that. I love Cap that. guy. Yeah. Yep. Kevin Coach. John PR director. He's just a yeah. cyborg. <laughs> Must release Kendricks today. Must release Kendricks today. Speaking of cyborgs, judgment of cyborg when it comes to keeping the weight off over the past eighteen months or so. Thanks to our friends at Livia. And that they have definitely helped me. Look at the guy on the left. Look at the guy on the right. And here's the best part. So it was more than a year ago now that I dropped 40 pounds off my frame. And guess what? We've all lost weight before, but there's a very important question that I have for you. If you've lost weight before with the program, have you kept it off? That is the type of help that you are going to get here because the best part is the maintenance phase, which helps you stay thin. And guess what? Your weight concern problems are gone a thing of the past join today get eight weeks for free that is correct eight weeks for free there have been a ton of folks from our pd family and we appreciate you all who have joined who've had the same results that i did and who have said that it is fantastic livia is for them 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com l-i-v-e-a.com voted minnesota's best weight loss program livia.com Eight weeks free, you can't go wrong. You know, Quasi talks a lot about culture and just the building blocks for sustained success in the National Football League. Well, Federated Insurance, which has been around for even longer than the NFL, since 1904, they also have cornerstones and, uh, and framework for their culture, which is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. And those four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision-making Federated applies these to their work with your business. If you're looking for a great partner on the insurance side that can help you navigate the choppy waters of running a business, Federated's here to help. All sorts of resources at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, a couple more clips from Quasey here speaking at the NFL Combine. What's next, Declan? All right, let's go to uh, the status of Dalvin Cook. Starts with having a great player, great leader. Um, otherwise, we're just going to try and we the NFL. You have a lot of constraints, salary cap, different things, and we're trying to figure out how we can operate in those things. But you always start with a great player, a great leader, um, and then we'll go from there. We'll go from there. Not exactly ringing endorsement. This is the first one where it, it, it kind of feels like. 
So he's definitely going to, there's no reason for him not to not pump the tires and praise players, right? But mm-hmm. there was a little honesty in there because he alluded himself to the salary cap. Oh, yeah, we got to consider the salary cap. Quasi doesn't strike me with his analytical background, his his roots in asset valuation, right? He's looking at all these positions on an NFL roster, and he's not ranking pay a running back top dollar among the top three things that you're supposed to do, right? So paying a running back like Dalvin Cook a bunch of money, just like paying a running back like Adrian Peterson 10 years ago a bunch of money, is a luxury if you can afford it. But if you're if if you're trying to build your trenches, if you're trying to build your defense back up from being you know thirty first in yardage, do you have the luxury to pay a running back, whatever it is, twelve or fourteen million dollars to the salary cap? I don't think so. Two things come to mind here. First of all, Dex, did he ever say Dalvin Cook's name in that? So it's actually clip? really funny. Before yeah, that before. clip, some someone asked him about the status of Dalvin, and he initially goes Dalvin Cook or Dalvin Tomlinson. Because yeah. he wasn't sure, because both Dalvins are kind of in this w- weird little limbo phase, right? Which Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Tomlinson, and then he went in that answer about Dalvin Cook that we just played. Because you know, it's in, it's intriguing to me, just trying again to read between the lines that Dalvin Tomlinson was mentioned. Love the guy. I'll talk about his shoes. Dalvin Cook it was like this very vague. Well, he praised he, Dalvin Cook at the beginning, called him a great leader, great person. Yeah, I just find it interesting that he didn't. Yeah. I did, I he didn't, he didn't talk about his shoe connection much. with Dalvin. Yeah, doesn't, they're not, they're not tight. They don't have the shoe connection. You know, that's but time. anyway, here's the second thing. So the Athletic ha, ha, had a piece going into the Combine about five things that the Vikings you know, are going to have to deal with. And within that, one of the things was the fact that the rushing game last year in the National Football League became more prevalent than it has been in years. It, it became more of teams offenses in part because I think teams are trying to stop the pass and they're not as big up front. And so teams are tempted to run more. Um, But I don't think that means Dalvin cook has to come back. And here's why the philosophy of how the run game is used should not be uh, misconstrued with the need to pay one player a ton. So I don't think that that is changing. I don't think now if you have a, if you have a guy who is a Swiss army knife, that's one thing. So he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's sort of a hybrid. But if you're talking about a traditional running back, I don't think we should confuse the potential resurgence of the run game with, well, now I'm going to go get a running back. Yeah. So I don't think those two things are the same, which is why I still think there's a very good chance Dalvin Cook is gone. Uh, also, so again, according to Pro Football Focus, 62 qualified running backs last year. Dalvin was graded 46th out of 62. Yeah. Alex Madison was graded uh, 40th, so neither one of those guys was was very high up. Now, Dalvin, because he still had all sorts of carries, wound up you know, over 1,000 yards. You look at just sort of the back of the football card numbers, and you'd say, oh, you know, whatever it was, 1,200 yards, and I think he had uh, 10 touchdowns or something. But as you dig a little deeper, he's just even like yards per contact, yards uh, after contact per attempt. He's no longer in the top 15 in that category. Uh, the breakaway stuff, he's no longer... And you were near the top in that category. So he's just, he's not cooked, no pun intended, but he's he's definitely regressing in a lot of areas that maybe don't show up in the total yardage. And his age would also suggest, plus injury history, and now he's having another, what, shoulder procedure. This is such a great time. If there's, I know Judd doesn't think there is, but if there's a team out there that says, you know what, we'll give you a fourth round pick for him because it's the final piece to our offensive puzzle. Dolphins, Bills come to mind. I think you just take it and 
and, and you run to the bank as fast as you can. Oh, yeah, but it, if they don't, if you don't get that, I still think he should be gone. Oh. I want a salary off my books. So you're cutting, if you can't trade him, you're cutting him cut for him. sure? Yeah, yeah I'm not going to get that salary. Sorry, I just can't do it. I think I would too. All right, uh, one more clip from Quasi Dofamenta here. So this is Quasi on the idea of trading in your division, the pros and the cons of that. My needs might be more current. His might, needs might be future. So you can come together and trade a player for draft picks and have that make sense. Uh, there, there's there's no reason that you need to run people over or whatever. I plan on being in this business, business more than one year. I want to be able to pick up the phone and call people and do those things. So that's how I, I dealt in this business. That's how I dealt in Wall Street. I wasn't the guy that was going to call people up and try and see them when they were vulnerable or convince them to do something they want to do. I have a vision of what I think the player value is or whatever, and I'm trying to do that. And if you have your vision and that can work, then let's, let's meet together in the middle. If not, then we'll go our separate ways and do all alternatives. What do you think of that? I think I think he should be looking to fleece, and I think he should be looking to burn more bridges. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Go fleece the idiot GMs in the NFL Fantasy League. Yeah, I wonder how close that, that response was to how he really thinks, because clearly you're not going to say, heck yeah, we get a tight end, a really good tight end from a division opponent. They're idiots, and we took it in a second. <laughs> it is crazy uh, that his two biggest trades have come with the Lions, right, in the division. Yeah. The big draft, the, the first-round trade, moving back 20 spots, and then... The TJ Hawkinson trade. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself that there's a very good chance that the Vikings won trade two and that the Lions will ultimately win trade one. That's probably fair. That's well, you can. I, I, are you making that decision based ultimately. on if, if, uh, is it Jamison Williams pan? I yeah. think you almost have to make the decision now without knowing if the player pans out. Well, the fact that you got nothing from scene, like that you didn't consider him starting material at safety disturbing to me personally uh but i i also think that the lions i think the lions got a player that would look really good in purple right now well we'll know a lot more if if lewis seen explodes under brian flores and he comes back healthy he then explode. oh okay. okay if his if his leg doesn't explode <laughs> well, if I his mean, play after what happened to him i'm very concerned <laughs> uh mm. you know what's uh what's exploding before we get to a mel kuyper mock draft here the new Tom Bernard Morning Show. And it's exploding, I think, because you and I make daily appearances at 9.15. We actually went, uh, had a little happy hour with Tom and some other friends of the show last night. So if you haven't checked it out yet, one of the legendary figures in Minnesota Morning Radio. He's live at TomBernardShow.com, 7 to 10 a.m. every morning and via podcast. TomBernardShow.com. And you can hear Scornorth sports updates, which actually, like, so I'm 9.15 yeah, every Monday and Friday. Not sports updates. Your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We literally spent 10 minutes talking about Metrodome trough urinals on Monday. So, Yeah, we talked about bars. There you go. So, And once in a while, it'll slip a Kirk Cousins or a Twins take in there. But uh, Yeah, he does love baseball. And and he praised Dex. So Declan's such a nice guy, does blah, blah, blah. But he looks 11 years old. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. I said I, that's not fair. I said no. he's 14... Or 15, yeah, and I sure. did say, the good thing is this, or the bad thing. I said, Tom, the guy doesn't gain weight ever. It's incredible. You know, guys like me and Tom look bigger. It's harder not to Tom gain looks, weight. Tom looks great, actually. I think, uh, I think, he, I think oh, he does. Tom's been keeping himself. I'm just saying, Dex is a very thin guy, and he's 30, so he's not that young. It's, it's, yeah, that's... it's impressive. 
Or in my end, I end up being envious of that. That, that hamster wheel is only going to spin for a certain amount of time. I mean, I, I'm built like my mother and, and her brothers, so I know eventually uh, that, that hamster wheel gene well, will. Oh, did I, okay. At least you've already cut out the tartar sauce, so that it's should, should help you. That's you know, that. So TomBernardShow.com for the all-new revamp Tom Bernard Morning Show. I want to mock! Mock! All right, boys. We have one here from the Godfather himself. It's right. our mock draft update, our mock draft roundup. So far, we've done 20 of these. And again, about half, more than half of them have cornerbacks going to the Vikings. Mel Kuyper, with his second mock draft of the 2023 calendar year, and this one includes trades. For the, He feels comfortable doing trades, unlike the first one. So he had Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback Mississippi State, going to the Vikings the first time around in January. I have not gone through that. Have you guys looked at this yet? Because I, I have not. I did. Declan I cheated. Did. Okay, I did. you I did? Cheated. Yep. Yep. I cheated too. So this is a surprise to me. I have not seen this yet. We're going to go through it together. Okay. He's got the Texans moving up one spot to pick um, Bryce Young with the number one overall selection. And what does he have for the... Uh, does he have the actual trade in here somewhere? To do this deal, moving up from number four to two, the Colts are going to give up the number 35 overall selection along with a few more. They have an extra third in the 2024. The Texans, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the Texans take Bryce Young. And then, oh, then we have have another trade. So you're looking at the second trade here. So this is now the Colts moving. So the, the Bears are trading twice. The Colts are now moving up to number two. That was the trade you just read for C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. And then he has Will Anderson Jr. going to the Cardinals. And then the Bears still getting Jalen Carter, number four, after two trades, which is the guy that most people have them projected to take, number one. Yes. Amazing. All right, now we get uh, another projected trade here from Mel. Wow. you give. I feel like Mel refused to do trades up until a few years ago, and now he's, just, now he's got three trades in the top ten. I think you're right. I think he walked at trades for a long time. Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. It's like. Mel, everyone is doing trades. All right, I got some trades. Hey, Mel, who cares, dude? You're just, right. you're just here to create draft content, so go have fun with it. He has the uh, the Panthers trading up with the Seahawks into the five spot and then drafting Will Levis. So three quarterbacks all via trade off the board in the top five. I think he's right. Lions taking Christian Gonzalez, the first cornerback. No, we have a little run on cornerbacks here. Devin Witherspoon to the Raiders at seven. Interesting. Okay, Seahawks, even after trading, so they're in the nine slot here where Carolina was. They take Anthony Richardson as a potential quarterback of the future. Which means that Geno Smith might not be back. Or maybe you're going to have to sign him to a multi-year contract, and if you're going to draft a first-round quarterback, you're not signing him to a multi-year contract. Well, Mel speculates you could slap the franchise tag on Geno Smith, pay him like $35 million, play him for one season, and have Richardson sit until 2024. Mm -hmm. Okay. For Geno Smith, there's probably worse things you could do than play one year of football for $35 million or whatever the franchise tag is. All right. All right, uh, we're going to scroll here. Some offensive linemen, a couple edge rushers, a little offensive lineman run. First receiver off the board, 14 to the Patriots. And this is an interesting one. I don't think we've seen this variation of the receiver order. He's got Jackson Smith Najigba going to the Patriots as the first wide receiver. Uh, Packers take Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. Uh, Joy Porter Jr. to the Steelers. So a bunch of cornerbacks off the board. Emmanuel Forbes to the Buccaneers at 19. 
into the 20s here. Second receiver off the board, Jordan Addison to the mm. Chargers at 21. I don't love the way this is playing out for the Vikings here, to be honest no. with you. Nope. Then the Ravens take Zay Flowers at 22. Uh, so now you have three receivers off the board and a bunch of cornerbacks off the board. But there's some meat and potatoes out here still. But that doesn't stop Mel Kuyper from giving the Vikings a cornerback. From Maryland, Deontay Banks. I want a mock. Mock. New mock, same position, he writes. New defensive coordinator Brian Flores wants to be aggressive, but he needs the cornerbacks to do that, even if free agent Patrick Peterson returns. The six foot two Banks is coming off a breakout season in which he locked down opposing wideouts, often in man to man coverage, and had eight pass breakups and a pick. His tape is impressive, and I've heard he's going to run in the low four three range in the forty at the combine. That's elite for his size. Andrew Booth Jr., a second round pick last year, should be in the mix for more snaps. But Banks has number one corner potential. All right, your thoughts? Oh boy. I mean, it's a position of need. Again, if it gets addressed, if they sign one of the free agents that, that we've discussed, uh, cornerback, in March, do you do that? Do, do you take a corner still, first round, like Man. that? Like, like if, if Joey Porter Jr. free falls, then I think the answer is yes. But, like, do you take a guy who might, you know, he might be, like, there's a... Th- that always scares me when there is like, well, he's the last of the best, so yeah, you know. Um, I would say it's so hard because on one hand you could say, well, they la- so Cam Dantzler wasn't drafted by Quasey, so we don't really know fully what he thinks of Dantzler. Right. Dantzler was also a third-round pick. He's not like a blue chip. No, you know, He wasn't ever supposed to be a first-round draft pick. He had a good season a couple years ago, but let's not pretend like, Cam Dantzler is going to be, you know, a shutdown corner. He did pop up in some of the grades a couple years ago, and he's a good player. But they drafted under Quasey two cornerbacks pretty early, like you know, a Caleb Evans they traded up for, and then Andrew Booth Jr. was early second round. Yep. So, what do they think of those players' ability to bounce back from injury? Are those guys fighting for starting spots? Or are they just depth? Do the Vikings think they have to start from scratch with starting outside cornerbacks? That's what I want to know. So my my gut says if they do, let's say they sign a 26-year-old in free agency, and we've thrown a bunch of names out there, I think it's a lot less likely they then, with those young guys on the roster already, then spend a first-round pick also on a cornerback. What, what concerns me about this mock draft in particular is it feels like drafting a cornerback would be sort of a, we have to do it, not a, we really like this guy. Like, if, if the run on cornerbacks that Mel predicts doesn't occur, then I'm fine with it. Like, if you get one of the top three or something, and you probably won't, but that changes how I, I think about it. But if it's the old, oh, my God, we said we're going to take a cornerback, and now most of them are gone, what do we do? We're still going to take one. That's where I get a little bit concerned with the, well, you know, it's good. It, we feel like we're stuck. Um, the one thing I think Mel's got wrong here is I don't think, so he's got Dalton Kincaid, the tight end from Utah going 26 to, to Dallas. I don't think Dalton Kincaid, in an era where pass catching tight ends now are huge, is going to fall that far. Okay. So you think there might be like two go tight before. ends going the first uh, 20 picks or something? I mean, what about, become, he's got Bijan Robinson falling to the Bills at 27. I don't know that Robinson, I know he's a running back, but what some of these 
you know, some of these smarter people than us who've watched tape on him are saying this is this is a dude who can not just take the ball and you know run it up the gut and you know this is a guy right. that can line up out wide, catch a bunch of passes, be a weapon for you. Does he fall to twenty seven? I don't know if he falls that far. I think because he has a skill set that probably fits into today's game really well, and he's not a traditional, to your point, running back, I think he doesn't fall that far. Very interesting. The Godfather mock has spoken. I want a mock! Mock! I'm surprised he did one like the week of the... I thought he'd maybe wait till after the combine. Maybe they have a pre-combine, and then he sort of digests things in a couple weeks. He does a 3.0. I think Mel and McShay shortly after the combine might Oh, are they going to do the? Are they are they going to do the the, the combined, combined one where they, they go might, back yeah. and forth? I, I think like that's that right. Oh man, because I think they do. I think they do a post a post combine. Now we've seen it all. Yeah. Now we've seen the numbers. And then People another one. A post, there's going to be a post free agency one too because you know. Yep, changes. The landscape is different. Oh, we've only started, boys. Well, PFF just put out a two round mock update today too. Maybe we get to that on Mackie and Judd today. I love this time of year. I'm not going to lie. Inject it all, baby. All right. That's a wrap on today's episode. By the way, Thor, so our guy Thor, we will either connect with him later this week or just get a full brain dump NFL Combine version next Tuesday. Reckless draft speculation will continue. We're working around Thor's A job uh, with fantasy pros and betting pros and also his travel schedule. But we will bring Thor back into the mix. We didn't forget about him. And we'll see you guys for some write-that-down predictions on tomorrow's Purple Daily.